Welcome to Pitch Session. That's Pitch with a P. I'm still Kirsten. I'm still Andrew. You took my line. I know. I I was going to I thought that, you know, you'd come up with something fun and exciting and new. But I like to keep is, you on your toes. This is a serious time of the year. It's the postseason. We shouldn't be making jokes. Is it serious or is it just exciting? Why can't it be both? Why can't it be both? And I think it is both. I mean, we've already had five games played in the ACC tournament. That's the thing. I feel just like I'm just all discombobulated because I'm here to talk about the postseason, but it's already underway. It is underway. Five games. We already have a final in the ACC. I know. And I mean, how strategic do you think that is by the ACC, Andrew, to have their championship decided on Thursday? No, wait, Friday. is it Thursday? Friday. Yeah. yeah. When people are just finishing semis. Well, you know, I think they do it for two reasons. I think it's less strategic about on the field and it's more about TV. Mm. Um, you know, they have their whole tournament on linear television on the well, ACC uh, network. Would you tell us what linear means? Well, That's means some insider t- jargon when, when that I don't understand. It's, so on, we have it's on real. We have streaming and linear. Okay. And so, you know, the the entire ACC tournament, all six games are on television. So I have to imagine that plays into it. You know, the, the network is completely booked up on Saturday with football. So on the on, who which is linear. Yes. Well, there's also streaming football, but mm. the, the ACC network's going to have a noon game, a 4 p.m. game, and an 8 p.m. game. So, if they want to get their final on TV, it's it, you know this is the way to do it. Um, so, from that sense, it makes sense. Um, the Big Ten will be on TV linear. Well, streaming with- in the first round, yeah. streaming quarters, and I think that's it. For, for conference tournaments on TV. I think on linear. Streaming. On linear. They're all streaming. Okay. Most of them on the plus. Um, but before we look forward, we'll look back just a bit. Um, we have the final coaches poll of the regular season. There'll be one more, I think, after this week going into the tournament. Yes, I believe you're right. Um, but Northwestern stayed number one. Uh, Carolina. They beat Duke uh, in the season finale for both of those teams. So the heels move up to two. Duke dropped one to three. Virginia, and then curiously, uh, Rutgers is fifth at 15 and two. Um, Liberty, 16 and one. Iowa, Maryland, Harvard, and Louisville round out the top 10 uh, for what I think is the fifth week in a row. The top 20, the 20 teams stayed the same. Nobody joined the poll. Nobody left it. Um, the bottom five stayed the exact same. Michigan, Cornell, Diet, Massachusetts, Albany, and UMass, um, all in the same order. And then 11 through 15 jumbled up a little bit, but nothing nothing too crazy. Um, so as we go into the final weekend before selection Sunday, which will be Sunday night. Uh, what are you looking at there, Gabby? On the poll? Whatever you want. Well, well, I'm but looking yeah, at the poll. Oh, you, you seem surprised that Rutgers went down, but I don't, did you see the score line between Iowa and Rutgers on Friday? It wasn't great for the Scarlet Knights. Hey, no, it wasn't I, great, but I it was also a drop more. 
Yes. Uh, I don't think it would have been enough to like flip them with Iowa. Like, I don't think Iowa's going to leapfrog them necessarily, but I thought they would have dropped more. And what I think that it's such a bizarre score line just in this sport. Like, you don't see seven to two very often. Um, if I may. Mm, oh, please. I, I, I think we have at least three lazy voters. Mm. Um, so for the first time, we're down to just three teams receiving first place votes. So, you know, no first place votes reaching to the teens, which we had for some of this year. Um, Northwestern received 28 first place votes, which makes sense. North Carolina got three, which is fine. I mean, they they obviously are one of the two or three best teams in the country. And and their win over Duke, you know, that, that was a big win. I, I think there's nothing wrong with voting North Carolina one and Northwestern two. I mean, it was clear that Northwestern would stay at number one, but an individual vote of Carolina, that's fine. But Duke still got three first place votes and it's, it's no hate to Duke. They've had an amazing year, but they do have three losses. They just lost in North Carolina. And obviously we, you know, Carolina's a great team, but I don't know. They're how, not number one this week. How do you vote Duke number one when, when they lose to, to Carolina on Sunday. I mean, I suppose it's possible three people legitimately, truthfully think they're the best team in the country. It, it is possible. So that may be a bit well, harsh I mean, to call them lazy, but it just seems, it seems. So my question to you is then is like. It specious? Speed. Whoa. We're getting the legalese out right now. Yeah, you like that? It's just an arbitrary. Sure. Well, I think you also have to think about like what I wonder what some coaches approaches to the poll, because is it you're not picking the national champion for the year. You're picking who's number one this week. That's how it used to be in football, which is We're wild. Picking- I know. But when you like just like for seriously, just take a second and think about how wild that is. That you're picking the national like champion. 15 years ago. <laughs> the college football national champion was chosen by a poll. <laughs> That's incredible. It's wild. I'm so, I know it just sometimes I think about that and it's like Looney Tunes. Yeah. Anyhow. So, I mean, I feel like you're looking at this poll as a voter and the question is who's number one at this point in the season and after the performance I, like, I get what you're saying. After the performance last week, although it was a very good game, Duke played very well, and they deserve to be in the top three. They're not number sure, one. Sure, of course. They're not, there's the not number, they're not number one, though. No. Like it, just, like, make an argument for why they're number one when yeah. Northwestern's 16-1 and one and they just beat North – or North Carolina just beat Duke. So I'm with you. Uh, if I could just change the subject briefly. Oh, my God, please. <laughs> we buried the lead. We did? Well, we have a visitor. We have a guest today, and we haven't we even mentioned. Do. We do. We were so excited to dive into the poll. That's true. I hope he forgives us. I think he will. But so we we'll are going to be joined. Out. We're going to be joined later by Andy Smith, the head coach at Cornell, who's having a crazy awesome season. And the pretty will, big red. The pretty big red. And I think they deserve uh, that name this week and for the season. But who will be participating in the first ever Ivy League tournament championship so we want to hear all about that i think we should call it the inaugural it's yes, more of a ab- lofty word absolutely i mean as long as we've already thrown in specious inaugural so hard to say <laughs> first annual <laughs> can we call it first annual sure we can okay. do that great so <clears throat> we can go back to the poll i just realized we forgot that um 
along with the poll, anything from last weekend you want to talk about before we look at the conference tournaments? Well, I, I watched the Duke-UNC game. It was very exciting. I the believe word, you described – oh, you're about to say Should we say it at the same time? Crisp. Crisp. <laughs> I was like, that's some crisp play. It was they crisp. Were, it was crisp. I really liked Duke had a really nice aggressive press. They had a really amazing like small game possession. Like they'd Did get tracked. It was oh. so amazing. They should be number one in the country. No. Okay, because three people do. Go ahead. Yes. So. Um. Yeah, but I thought they had a great small possession game. Um. I was struck. They put this up on the uh, on the broadcast. They said that Duke's effectiveness on penalty corners is one of the best in the country at twenty four percent effectiveness. And I'm I'm so struck by that number because I just think about all the time. Not only Duke, but every team in the country spends on corners. Like if you think about the percentage of your practice time that you're spending on corners, and if the best one of the best teams in the country has a 24% effectiveness rating. Well, it's and just I'd a also lot to know, think about. I'd also want to know, and I don't know if this is even possible, but what's the worst and what's the, the median? Like what, what is the, what is the, um, um, <laughs> what are the diminishing returns yes. uh, on it? Like if the national average is 20% and last place in the country is 15%, you know, like, like essentially like what is the baseline? Small, can, right. Can you make 15% if you never practiced them? You know? Right. Yes. And, and, and I, this is my argument, Andrew, is I believe yes. Like if you can literally just insert the ball at the top of the circle and kind of just wing it, or instead of trying to get a corner, like if you're low in the circle and there's a lot of pressure, like our first response is always get a corner. But instead of, if you change your mindset to say, don't get a put corner. Put the ball in the cage. Put the ball in the cage or take the ball out and move it around. The, like if we just like approach that sort of part of our game differently, because I just don't think that corners are as, you know, like they're not as big of a deal as we make them out to be. Can I hit you with a metaphor? Give it to me, please. So I would get annoyed at a previous job when someone we were paying a lot of money would tell us how many clicks we were getting. And I wanted to know how many sales we were converting. And they would mm -hmm. tell me how many clicks we were getting. And I would tell them, I can't put clicks in the bank. Like the clicks don't matter if they're not converting to, to sales. Yes. And and I think that the penalty corners are like the clicks. Mm. And the goals oh, are This the is same. really good. This is really good. And and I think that the corners are the means to the end. They're not the end. They're a way of scoring goals. Mm -hmm. But is the corner in of itself a victory? And the answer is no. yes and no. I mean, there is a, 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 there is something to be said for it. But but if you you know if the best team in the country is doing it less than a quarter of the time, and I, I'd also be curious to see and and you know you see how much research we did. But like on the international level, what's the number? Because sure they're better at corners, but the defense is better. So is right. you know is the rate roughly the same? Um, you know, is is twenty five percent elite because that's what we're saying. If if twenty four percent leads the country in 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 college, I would say that twenty twenty two percent then is elite. Yeah, you know anyone. Uh, so you know we would need to look at that. But it it is an interesting point. 
Um, I, I also think, and based on, you know, something we can talk to our guests later today about is I think just anecdotally, the teams that I see that score a lot have really strong people in specialty positions. So Cornell has a drag flicker that is exceptionally efficient and other teams that score often on corners have a really good sweeper. But if you don't have somebody in that standout position, like, can we be approaching corners differently? Like if you know that you don't have somebody with that skill set that's going to give you a really big return like is there a different way to do it we've just been doing it the same way for it's always been get a corner corners are you know we're going to celebrate that we got a corner but how often are they actually paying off for that for us and then is there another way to go about having a more effective chance a higher ratio of like this play to a goal and you know i can personally attest to how hard it is to stop an insertion it is being a stick stopper kids you want to get some assist you want to be essential to your team and get a lot of playing time be a good stick stopper not a lot of people can do it and so it's really important than it, looks. it is um but yeah so the duke unc game like props to unc they had a crazy crowd it's just so cool to see so many people there to support field hockey is a sport um but it was a really good game. I also watched another one that was a little bit of an upset was Syracuse versus Wake and Wake won two one in shootouts. Um, the Wake goalkeeper was phenomenal. And um, I felt the Syracuse team was incredibly physical. Um, it's a bit of a trademark for them, wouldn't you say? It is a trademark for them. Um, I think if I was an umpire that I was like assigned to a Syracuse game, it would be like, oh, geez, like how do we? I mean, it, it got to the point where you're like, how are we going to keep people safe here? Um, so I, I listen, I'm the first person to admit that it is, it can be a frustrating game and it can get physical, but it did kind of like dominate the game. Like I think some of the other good parts of the play and the competition got a little bit lost with just the physicality of it. Um, but like the weight goalkeeper, like she deserved that win for her performance. Like if anything, it was just like, if it ha- went down to shootouts, the weight goalkeeper, she saved a stroke. Um, she was on fire in all the rounds of shootouts. So she had, she had lights out game. But um, but in other sort of big scoring margins, Northwestern beat Maryland on Thursday, five to one. Pretty, um, I think that what a statement going into the postseason. And uh, we also had Louisville beat BC two to one in double overtime. And then they had that rematch Tuesday where the cards also took that win or took that game three, three, two. So, and then we had a couple other things that I, wow. So like Delaware lost to Towson or beat Towson two one, but even with that win, they did not, our blue hens did not qualify for the um, CAA tournament that they are that, hosting. That'll wrap it, it up is. for the Blue Hens. It is, but it is in Newark. So that's tough. See you next year. Yes. And I I mean, I did not look it up, but that's got to be the first time they didn't make the tournament in a very, very long time. Speaking of not making the tournament. Ooh, well, that's also on my list here. So Old Dominion beat UConn 3-2 in overtime. And I was seeing on the interweb something like that was the first UConn's first win over UConn in 10 years. And that win, I think... 
it was an absolute battle out there in that game, though. It was. It was a bloodbath. But I think yeah. that knocked out. I don't know if that knocked out UConn or if they were had been knocked out the previous week. But that knocked out UConn from the Big East tournament for the first. This is the first time that UConn has not appeared in the tournament since 2001. Which that is, a is long before time ago. anyone on their roster was alive, I do believe. Like that's that yes. was 22 years ago. That is incredible. And so this is the other thing I pulled up. So UConn has been in the Big East since 1989. And 2001 was the Is that a Taylor Swift reference or? No, (laughs) it wasn't. It wasn't. Okay. Um, Because it's been a cruel summer for UConn and fall. I prefer the old version of Cruel Summer. I don't know if she remade it, but anyway. Or Taylor's version? No. Not particularly. Um, But anyway, back to the task at hand. So 2001 was the only year that UConn didn't qual. Other year that UConn didn't qualify for the tournament since 1989. And the only other years that UConn wasn't in the final of the Big East tournament was 1995 and 1990. So since 1989, which is the year I was born, that's 34 years of UConn in the Big East. Yes, that's true. So, in the 34 years that Taylor Swift has been alive, UConn has been in the final every year other than three times and in the tournament every year except for 2001 and this year. So that's what I got for you. That's in the a fun week, fact. In the week that was. That is a fun fact here. Thank you. I did um, some research on that. Before we bring our guest on, because that's coming up, I thought we could very briefly touch on the Pan Am games, which are going on. Ooh, please do. Are you going to update us? I am going to update us. Uh, We have finished pool play uh, Mm. in both the men's and women's tournaments. And as the kids say, the crossovers begin on Thursday. So, I mean, we'll have tournament field hockey up and down the Americas tomorrow. Wow. We're cross-continental. We are from from sea to shining shine, from sea to shining sea. I think it's more from like pole to pole. Yeah, we're in the northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere, USA. Chi chi chi. Lay lay lay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we will do the ladies first, the women's tournament in Pool A. Uh, no surprise in who advanced, Argentina. <laughs> let me let, let me guess. <laughs> Well, there were four teams, Argentina, Trinidad, and Tobago, which is unfair because they get a two-on-one advantage, (laughs) Uh, Uruguay, and the United States. Um, As as you can probably guess, Uruguay or uh, Argentina and the United States (laughs) advance. Um, USA with a 15-0 win over Trinidad and Tobago to start the tournament, but only end with a goal differential of plus four, of plus 14, sorry, because they got – whooped up pretty good by Argentina 5-1. Uh, listen to Trinidad and Tobago scores in pool play. Uh, oh, I don't know if I States, can take it. 15-0. Uh, they lost to Uruguay 11-0. And then Argentina scored three touchdowns in about to a 21 to nothing win. I feel like, and I'm looking, and here's the amazing thing. Their last goal came in the 58th minute. I mean, don't you think once we get to like 55 we can just ease up i mean i'm counting one two three four goals in the fourth quarter um they had one player 
score five goals. I mean, I, I just, you know, what, what are we doing? I mean, here's my question, Andrew, because like the, the truth is the tough thing is that like, I don't think these teams want to run up the score on Trent, no, on it's TNT, true. You're, but it all right. comes down to goal differential. So it's like, yeah, but, but like, can yes we change no. the but, but tournament? Hang on, but hang on, but hang on. No, no. Because Argentina had just beaten the United States five to one and Uruguay eight to nothing. Like there, there was no goal differential in play. But, but if, but if it comes to, like, if it came down to seeding, but say it, hypothetically between the U.S. and Argentina, it would like if sure and if you know that what I mean. The case fine, but anyhow, it's fine. Um, in Pool B, uh, Chile and the host and Canada uh, advanced. Cuba and Mexico not so much. Um, Chile beat Cuba two nothing on Monday to advance and to win the group. Uh, the only tie in the preliminary round for the women was Mexico and Cuba one one. Uh, they both went 0, 2, and 1, or 0, 1, and 2, if you're doing it the European way. <laughs> so it's Argentina and Canada on Thursday for a spot in the gold medal match in the semifinals. And it's the United States versus Chile for a spot in mm. the gold medal match. I'm going to predict we get a couple of border wars. Yes. Uh, Argentina and Chi for the gold and Canada and the United States for the bronze. I mean, you love to see the host country in the final. And, you know, Chi yeah. Chi's going to show up. They are. In droves. So Red, that white, and blue. Fun. And, yeah. Yeah. And then we'll look at the men real quick. Um, the same four teams uh, qualified. <laughs> um, in pool A, it was Argentina. Exciting was stuff. Pool and Exciting Chi Chi stuff. Chi. Finishing second, uh, Mexico and Peru uh, not advancing uh, in in pool uh, A. No Peru. I'm gonna think Peru okay, is Peru. not great. Gonna think they're not great. They fell to host Chi fifteen nothing. Um, got a goal over Mexico in a six one defeat, and then Argentina one up their ladies team with a twenty two to nothing win over the Peruvians um, in pool B. B as in Bravo. Um, Canada won the group uh, going 3-0. and They defeated the United States 2-1. to The United States finishing second with two wins. Brazil and our friends from Trinidad and Tobago uh, headed to the classification round. So it'll be um, – actually, Argentina and the United States played today. And Argentina won 2-0. So they're in the gold medal match. And Canada and Chi are playing – right now wow so you know check back later for an update who knows maybe by the time we finish this recording we'll have a score update that'll be at least 12 hours old by the time this <laughs> becomes a podcast uh canada leads chile one nothing in the 24th minute so okay you, you know <laughs> live update on a recorded show <laughs> um so i guess we'll go to our guests now is that cool uh, absolutely. We don't want to keep him waiting. All right. We're so excited to be joined by head coach from the very big red Cornell University, um, number 17 on the NFHCA poll, Andy Smith. Welcome to the pod. Thank you for having us. We're very excited to have you here. Talk a little bit about Cornell and uh, the inaugural Ivy League tournament. First annual. 
first annual. We were deciding first, what to call it. We weren't sure. Yeah, first first annual Ivy League tournament. Well, it's funny because it's been, you know, I did 10 years in the league at Dartmouth. And I always tell people I got uh, I got parole after 10 years for good behavior. I, I was um, going to say, yeah. I, that's a tough place to spend 10 so, years. So, it's, no, it was a great, great best, some of the best times of my life. Um, and then, um, so, but it, you know, we were working really, really hard on that tournament when when I was at Dartmouth, and for, for it to come to fruition a couple of years ago, and then this to be the first one is just like fantastic. And there's a there's a lot of people that are no longer in coaching that deserve a heck of a lot of credit. You know, Sue Caples, Carolyn Norris, Amy Fowler. Mm-hmm. Um, Pam Stooper, Ainsley Lamb, they were all pushing, pushing, pushing for this for years and years and years. Katie Beach at Columbia, Mary Beth Freeman at Columbia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm sure I've forgotten people, but there were some, you know, they, they pushed for so long and they're no longer in the, in the tournament uh, and no longer in the league. Actually, I, you know, I just managed to set up Carolyn and Sue for some tickets for the weekend. So I, I felt it was oh, really, nice. really, important, really, really important that they were there. Uh, but it, so it, it's great. And, uh, you know, and for us, um, it, it does change the dynamic of the season. Um, so we, you know, we started off and I think we won our first couple of games. I think we played Columbia. I don't remember who was next. And we lost to Princeton. And in previous years, what happens is that, you, you know, you lose you lose a game in the Ivy League. And generally, as has happened this year, you know, the winner of the Ivy League goes 7-0. Right, and that's the same thing this year. And what happens when teams when when teams lose a game or lose a couple of games, or you start zero and two in the league, it changes changes the season completely. Because you know, no, in this generation, I think that second second is the new eighth. You know what I mean? This first and then seven losers. And I think that it's very difficult to motivate teams to play for second place in the Ivy League, third place in the Ivy League. That's it's, a great it's, point. Well, we're now. I tell you what, the competitiveness of the league this year has been mm-hmm. off the charts because. You know, we've this tournament, and this we've had for the majority of the year, we've had four teams in the top twenty-five of the RPI. Mm. So you've had you've had Harvard, you've had us, you've had Princeton, you've had Penn, and I, know, mm. I think Penn have dropped down a little bit right now. But you know, for the majority, you've had four teams in the top twenty-five of the RPI, and that's getting to be you know, there's a lot of separation now between the third place conference and the fourth place conference. You know, it's it's like you look at other teams. You know, the Big East have got Liberty and they've got Old Dominion, but nobody else. And then you look at, you know, you're further down, you know, there's there's right now there's the ACC, the Big Ten and the Ivy League. And it's been really, really competitive because of that. Yeah. What was the impetus to get the tournament done? What what changed that it it finally happened? Well, I think that what they did is that they they looked at, and, and I'm I'm not an expert on this, so you know I think these decisions are made way above my head. It's um, it's it's made by the presidents. They did the the first thing they did was the the men's women's basketball and men's women's right. cross, and then there was just such a clamour that it pushed that it elevated those sports to a higher level. Such a clamour for 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 us to have one, and um, it's they, I think that finally people came around the understanding that it does make it more competitive and you know what you you know if you get if if on your schedule 10 years ago you had harvard first and princeton second you you were oh and two by the third weekend of september yeah. players might have given up you know and it's and now you can go over and you can go own three in the league win your last four go to the tournament and you know win an ivy league championship Mm-hmm. So I think I think it finally came out that to that idea, and um, the I've got to be careful what I say here. The um, it I think that the change in the Ivy League sometimes takes a long time, and I think that you know we we are, it's a great league. Don't get me wrong, and it's it's there's great people involved in it, but change takes a long time, 
and I think that it's it's sometimes a it's a, it's a big boulder to move, and, and it's a significant change. And we gave, you know we gave up a regular season game to get it. We went from 17 to 16. So everybody else in the country can play 20 regular season games. We can play 16. So we're you know that's the 20 percent behind everybody else. But we now get a conference tournament, and we go into this weekend, and everybody's really really excited. And I know the other coaches are as well. Yeah, it's a great change. I mean, I think there is something to think. I think there is some credit to Ivy League as we look at all these teams switching conferences and things moving so much. And the there is some credit to the thoughtfulness and how methodical the Ivy League can be. But yes, this is a long time coming. And, and, it's super the, and the stability of the league. Um, mm. And something else that we actually we mentioned a couple of weeks ago was the Ivy League is the only conference in the country that its full membership plays field hockey. Yep. You know, so there's there's definitely something to be said for that, that the entire membership and, you know, eight for eight. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's always, and it's been, you know, I mean, I remember at Dartmouth, it was, you know, the, the, the guys are very competitive and it was a great league, but I don't think it was at the same level as it is now. No, no. People are, I mean, you guys, are, there's a lot of parody. Um, yeah. I think great hockey being played, honestly, like yeah. competitive, but like it looks awesome. Um, but I am curious, like with adding the tournament, do you, have you approached your season differently from like a physiological standpoint, a mental standpoint, or is it kind of, you know? No. Nope. Not at all. Um, we we did a pro- not because of the tournament. We did something different this year that we'd never done before, which, as I, I, in my opinion, has worked really, really well. And it, and it's a little blip in the Ivy League rules that we took advantage of. Um, we played so you know you you usually when you play you know you get two scrimmages preseason. Well, our rules are written that you get two dates of scrimmage. So oh. we played. We played. We actually played two games in a day on two dates. So we played at 11 o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the afternoon on two dates. We got four competitive scrimmages against Division One opposition. And then we played two red v. white games with umpires in. Um, so we've actually played, so before we played Tarakus, we played six, six 60 minute games over time and shootouts. So we were, we were better prepared for this season than we've ever been before. And, and, and that to me is, you know, so we're going at the tournament. We've actually played 22 games, not 16. We've played six scrimmages, which has been, which has been, really really good for us yeah Um, i mean that's that's, always that's interesting that's yeah it's always one of my questions for ivy league coaches because you are restricting them out of competition you can play in the spring and like in preseason so how do you keep sort of competition in your team without having outside competition like how many like red white games do you play (laughs) so we in the spring i mean you i mean you played you played nc2a doing one so you play you you could play Five scrimmage dates in the spring. We can play three, so we yeah. play three dates with three games on each date, and we, you know, we, so we play nine games, and then we play alumni games ten. So it's it's not that different. I think what's different is that you were in twenty hours, you know, an American or Penn State, and where where you know all these big test schools, ACC, are, are in twenty hours for an extended period of time, and we're not. Mm. So. We get four hours. We get four hours a week from uh, January 26th to about you know April 1st, and then we're about 12 hours a week after that. And it's it, to be honest, with you, I think it's when I was at Pacific, we that's that's all we did mm. because you grow up and you learn to be really good with your time management. Less is more. Like we never train. We we, we train for an hour and a half. Mm. An hour and a half. 
in in the fall in season. So tonight we've trained four thirty to six o'clock. Yesterday we trained four thirty to six o'clock. Last week we were in the mornings so seven thirty till nine o'clock, and that's what we train. We don't we don't need these three hour practices that some coaches run. Yeah, and I think that you know because it's it's all for our training. It's all based around gameplay, so everything is competitive. Yeah, doesn't, I like doesn't that. matter who you're playing against. We have a little we have a, a little mantra: no run, no drill, no drama, just play. Ah, so no run. We don't do any running. Believe it or not, we don't do any conditioning whatsoever. Everything is done with a stick and a ball. Okay, no drills. We don't do any drills. Everything, everything is a game. You defend a goal here, you attack a goal there. No drama. I don't do cut drama. I, you know me. I do conflict. I do this. I do that, and I move on immediately, and just play. Not my job to give you all the answers. My job to lead you in the direction. So if you say to me, "Hey, Andy, if she does this, what do I do?" I'm going to be like, go back to your principles. Just play. That's it. No run, no drill, no drama. Just play, and that's how we do it. I want to on your club team. Can you start a master's club team? I'm in. No, no, no. I don't need. <laughs> what? No, I don't need. I've got enough. I don't need any more on my plate. <laughs> I don't need any more on my plate. I just, you know, but that, but that's it. And for me, it's like, you know, he talks to people about what they want to do, and they say they want to have fun. Or what happens? What happens when you have fun? You work hard. You, you win. Work, and you, you work win. hard. You get better. You get better. Become competitive. You become competitive. You win. Get you win games. You win games. You win championships. You win championships. You have fun. You have fun, you work out, you know? I always say, you uh, you know what's fun? Like, competing is fun. Like, playing hard. It's fun. <laughs> Winning is fun. Winning you, is fun. Uh, now, now, the two things that are competing, <laughs> you should have seen practice tonight. Practice Ooh. tonight. We play hard. We play at Harvard on Friday, on Friday against Princeton. And you would have felt at, at tonight at practice, for, we scribbled tonight for eight minutes. And, you, and, and it was, I mean... People didn't have sticks; they had weapons. It was it was ridiculous. The tackles that are flying in two days before the conference. Started, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to stop. Somebody's going to kill. They're ready. But the level of competition was unreal, unreal tonight. Well, and I have to tell you, I have watched a lot of Cornell field hockey this season, um, and it and it shows. I mean, there's a, there is a competitiveness, there's a physicality, and there's like a grit. But also, like you've got some really standout players, Caroline Ramsey, obviously your goalkeeper. Um, but it shows, like. I feel like the the team is competitive and you've gotten in a lot of said, you know, a lot of overtime, some shootouts. Um, and it doesn't seem like they're rattled by it. Yeah, we were in the shootouts because we lost twice. Well, thanks for picking that up. <laughs> well, you got there. They were very yeah. competitive shootouts. Yeah, I thought they, they were good. Yeah, they, they were. They were great until we lost and then they weren't so great. But yeah, no, I, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, we, we've got um, we've got some. I think we've got some very good players, but you know what we've got? We've got better people. There's mm. some really, really good people. Some really, really good people. And some people that flew under everybody else's radar recruiting. And, you know, they they you know they, they are out of their comfort zone on a daily basis and they give 100% every single day and they make it competitive. And it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter whether you're talking about our best player or the person at the bottom. They, the level, they, they bring it on a daily basis. And that's what's been so much fun this year. It really has. Well, and so heading into the tournament, I mean, what you've now that you get to approach these teams for a second time, are you looking at them differently? Like, what are what's your scouting report looking like for the postseason? Oh, we lost him. He froze. Oh no, Andy, come back. Are we gonna leave this in? <laughs> Absolutely. You're gonna have to do some editing work tonight, Andrew. Not if we leave it in. <laughs> ah. Hello. Good? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry, I don't oh, know what great. happened. 
So no, 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 no. I got I got as far as heading into the tournament and then it stopped. Aha. All right. I'll ask my question again. All yeah. right. Heading into the tournament. Now that you get the yes. opportunity, the great opportunity to play these teams twice. Yes. What's your scouting report look like? Or what are you looking at? Or are we just playing Cornell field hockey? We're just sticking with the game plan. Oh, no, we're we're going we're gonna to play the way we played all season. I think we've got a few little nuances that we've got ready for um, Princeton. We've got a few little things that we can do against Penn. We've got a few little things we can do against Harvard. Um, but, we're, you know, we're, we're very comfortable with where we are. And, you know, it's nice to be in a, in a position for once. And I feel like it's it, it's almost – we feel that if we, beat, if we play our, our best game against anybody, we're going to win the game. Yeah, and you know we we you know we're we're I think we're twelve and four. And we could quite easily be fifteen and one. Mm. And the only the only game that we've lost by the only game that we've been in outclassed in all season is Syracuse, and we played a completely different system at the fifth for that first game. We changed it. So we're going to play our way, and it's nice that other teams are having to worry about us. And you know you you know you, different teams are doing different things on penalty corners to try and counter Caroline. And and you know we've got we've got scenario A, scenario B, scenario. You know what I mean? So we you know we're we're very comfortable with where we are. We're, you know Penn are good, Princeton are good, Harvard are good, but we feel that we're we're you know we're 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 in a pretty good in a pretty good place, and we're we're pretty confident going in that if we play our if we play our game well, defensively and offensively. I think, you know, our process is good, but we're, we're, things will take care of themselves. Awesome. Well, we're excited to watch. Uh, we will be watching and we think you're pretty good too. So thank you. we'll rate you up there with everybody. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, Andy, we know that you are a really avid listener of this podcast so that these, these questions won't be new to you. Um, we can but, actually target several downloads right to the Cornell campus. Right. <laughs> you know, we, we have very in-depth analytics. <laughs> for, the amount, for the amount of time that I spend on the plane, I listen to anything and everything. Promise you. <laughs> Well, so, you know, Andrew and I are really into this idea of like a normal person in the Olympics. So dropping a normal person into every Olympic tournament or event to just give the fans at home some perspective of how elite these athletes are. So we're curious, what what would be your selection, your event? Andy Smith, normal person Olympics, he can't be in field hockey. And either because like you think you're like pretty good at this event or that you're just just going to try it out. Give it a try. See what happens. Table tennis. <laughs> Table tennis. I like that. Hey, okay. Camp, hey, I'm going to tell you now. Campsite champion in France, like 1989, 1993, just, just walked on water. I mean, well, against these guys that play I, I probably wouldn't win a point in 50 games and uh, yeah table tennis and I will say my other one and probably because I, I still probably live in a reality of 1994 with table tennis playing on the campsites in France I used to think I was a pretty good badminton player right so I, oh, I grew up playing badminton school that ball and comes at speed we, we were playing indoors at Dartmouth about 10 about 12 years ago and playing indoors, and these guys were setting up and a guy came over and introduced himself. And I said, oh, yeah, I, I t- can I come play with you? He says, oh, yeah, we'll have a game Tuesday lunchtime. So I showed up, right? And uh, first of all, his the shuttle the shuttle docks that he used had real feathers. And the ones I'd always played Not with. Not plastic. plastic. And I was like, this is going to be interesting. I, I mean, we, we played five games. I don't think I want to point. It was like, all I, my back was really sore because all I did was pick the shuttle cup and hit it back to pick it up. <laughs> and then, you know, so I would have said badminton, but having seen badminton, and this this, this guy was in his 60s. So this is 10 years ago. So I'm probably like late 30s. This guy was in his 60s and didn't break a sweat. And then, um, and then I, uh, and then, so I, I'll say table tennis because I haven't, pl- I haven't played any of, I haven't played anybody 
Um, it probably, you know, a massive game in Asia, obviously, and it's a, a, a big game over there. I mean, I think we could set up a pretty competitive game right here because I'm, I'm not going to lie, Andrew's... The, his, nickname, his, nickname, his nickname at American was Big Cat. So. Was it? And it oh, came yeah. from table tennis. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Shout out Jeff I mean, Jones for that. Well, yeah, we'll we'll set that right. up. Okay. We'll All right. And here, and here you go, Andy. Your dream has come true. You finally are the czar of field hockey, and oh. you get to you get to make a rule that stands for the for foreseeable future. You but you only get one. What is it? And you can give us silver and bronze if you. No, have. don't give this man an inch. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we will be here take all night. night. Take ten miles. Um, one, well, we'll have a Canada Chile final by then. <laughs> one, 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 one rule in field hockey: I would abolish the aerial rule as it is. Oh, that was last week's. And Cam Boston agrees with you. Change the aerial rule to read something along the lines of it's not dangerous until you get hit. That's exact. <laughs> it's basically exactly what she said. I think I think, I think, the, I think we need the, to just add this to the convention right now. It's it's the biggest crock of crap in the world. It really is. The FAA, the FAA to ruining the game with the aerial rule. I mean, I, I, somebody sent me a, uh, a column by Sam Ward today, and uh, it's, it, you know, it's it's so inconsistent without blown, mm-hmm. and no, you know, and it's not the umpire's fault. You, you know, we we throw we throw a lot of aerials, as you know, and some some of the outcomes from them are just beyond belief. <laughs> it just drives you insane. Yeah, you, I mean, do I, you I, voice your displeasure when that happens? <laughs> I'm just curious. No, I respectfully. I'll tell you, I'll tell, I'll, let me tell you. Let me let me give you some. I want to hear this. I want to hear this. So I had a reputation. So I had a reputation. Uh, have not have have a reputation for being. <laughs> Interesting towards officials. In fact, I want. I did go. I think my my longest streak. I'm not proud of this. This is a long time ago. I think I won seven games in a row with getting a green card. Right? Oh my god! So, um, and I, I would voice my displeasure. So I have. We have instituted this season with our team a fans system. <laughs> so we have a fines sheet, and you get you get fined a dollar a minute for cards, <laughs> and. If you get your cards for descent, the fine doubles. So I got a green card earlier on in the season and got hit with a $4 fine. Well, you know what? I can't afford that. I really can't. I'm, 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 you know. this, this ain't the ACC, okay? Liz, 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 Liz what, I won't tell you who I almost said. One of my players this weekend got a green card for a bad tackle and a yellow card for petulance. So that's going to cost her $12. <laughs> And what we've done is we, we every Christmas, so and there's the method behind this, and you get fined for being late for training. So if, you, if you're 16 minutes late for training, that's a $16 fine. And the captains run this, and we all Venmo the captains, and basically what she's doing is collecting a large amount of money. And we, every Christmas, we adopt a number of families local to Cornell, and we pay for Christmas for them, right? And we do this every year. So, and we all put in 15, 20 bucks at the end of the year, whatever. We're going to do it anyway. So this year, um, this year we have decided that all the fines money is going to go to them for Christmas. And let me just tell you this. Three families at three families in Ithaca are going to have the Christmas of their dreams. My kids, my kids are getting squat, nothing, They're getting nothing, a piece of coal and a piece of wood because I'm broke. Like, seriously, I, I'm broke. I was, I went home last week, right, 
I went home last week, sick as, sick as a dog, was asleep on the couch. I got a $30 fine for missing somebody's video meeting. I'm like, <laughs> I'm asleep on the couch with 104-degree fever. What's wrong with that? But like, the, the players are brutal as well. And it used to be, it used to be, oh, Andy had left his sweatshirt. They wait for you to walk out the gate and they write it down saying, oh, Dolly left a piece of clothing at, at practice. It's, it's like, there's, there's no, there's no loyalty on it. It's like, it's the... It's it is the worst backstabbing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's like it is it is people's mission to get people the most fines in a week. It's great though. It's great. So it's it's really helped the team camaraderie. So at least, and it's really helped you get less green cards. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I can't afford. Okay. I, I I got I hit mean, with, yeah. In my first second week, I got hit with no. And then to be fair, I decided as well. Um, that I would just I, time yeah. to change. Well, can I tell you, Andy? I don't know if you remember this, but one of my first umpiring gigs, one of my first games, <laughs> I got assigned Pacific versus Michigan. So Andy Smith. Oh, I know exactly. What you, oh no! Oh my God! It wasn't you though. It wasn't you. It was. Uh, I remember exactly. I re- it was the other one. It was the other one. And it was I, the I, other I, one. I'll t- I no, like, I'm not going to name him. You know exactly who she it was. Just did. <laughs> who was it? I know. I don't remember who it was, but I was overwhelmed. I was like, everybody needs to calm down. This was, was this the one all game or was this the five nil game? This was, no, it was close. All right. So this is, no, no. So, all right. No, that was, was, you were fine that night. That was the one all game when I was like, this is my literal nightmare. Who assigned me this game? And no. afterwards, both you and Marsha came up very complimentary. No, I know. I, I remember. I, so I, I'll tell you. So we went to Michigan twice, right? Both Friday night games. The first game, I'll tell you a funny story. So first game, it was 0-0 going in at halftime. And Pacific had walked all over Michigan. We'd hit the crossbar. We'd been brilliant. And um, in true style, um, there was a one head coach went to the locker room. <laughs> and one head coach hung around on the field and had a seven and a half minute conversation with, with the people who she shouldn't be having a conversation with, right? And then we came out in the second half and we lost five nil. And I'm not I'm not gonna tell you that the umpiring was was bad. I'm not gonna tell you the umpires had anything to do with it, but the game shifted remarkably <laughs> after half time. And I thought you were gonna tell me about the card that I got because I told somebody um I told somebody that was a garbage decision and they just kept walking away and didn't acknowledge me. So I felt that I had to, she couldn't hear me. So I kept repeating that was a garbage decision until I got the top of my voice and she was 50 yards away. And then she came back and told me that she wasn't going to allow that and gave me a green card. So I thought you were talking about that game. But no, the game, no, the game that, that you, not me. no, the game that you, I remember the game that you played. I do, it was one all, it was going over and we went in overtime, we lost. It was a great game. It was, really it was a great game. It was yeah, a great game. Really I, was very, really. I was very stressed out. It was great. And then you came, you came up and did our... Yes. Uh, I can't remember who you guys Paul played. Paul St. Joe's, Lehigh, one of those. I think, no, it was St. Joe's. My Saint first, Joe's. my first, yes, my first, my first uh, year. Yes, and I remember. Yeah, you, yeah, you gave us a stroke. It was very kind of you. <laughs> very, very kind of you. I, I have a photographic memory for these things. I, yeah. Clearly, clearly. Yeah. I do no. not. I yeah. do not. Uh, yeah, it was all blur. You notice yeah, no, I don't do you, it but anymore. It, but for you, but for you, you do hundreds of you did hundreds of games, and That's you know, true. I just I remember specific. Games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good times. Oh man! Well, Andy, right? thank you so much for joining us. Is that it? Is that um, I'm, I'm this good? is it. This is the outro that I'm doing here. So okay. thank you for joining us. We're Pearson's wishing you the best of luck. Podcaster, I am. If you haven't noticed, um, but yeah, we're wishing you the best of luck in thank the postseason. Congratulations. 
Thanks. Thank you for having us. Postseason. That's right. All right. Thank you. you. See you later. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. Oh my God, Andy Smith, everyone. Well, I have a question. I have a question. (laughs) Please. Who's Who's the funniest Andrew on the podcast? I mean, tonight it might be Andy. He cracked me up. That's hurtful. Sorry. I mean, but that's a funny guy. He's funny. That was great. (laughs) That was unlike anything we've done, and I mean that the best possible way. I, you know, we should bring uh, Andy back on. Well, that's why I want to stop. He's ready to. We can keep going. I know we have some people clamoring to join us and have their own segment. <laughs> you know, the red zone might be coming, but but I think the Be- that the Becca main minute. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we that need was, Andy back. Yeah. I, I think we need him in long form during the off season. Oh gosh. Yes. Did you find, did you find mine and his uh, accents to be similar? Was it hard to tell who was talking? Oh my gosh. I was like, wait a minute. Thank goodness we have this video in front of us or I'd be very confused. Yeah. The Andrew, Andy, the accent. It's just We're a both lot. from the South. Although I think he's from the North of England. Mm. Pretty sure, but that's okay. Um, so let's talk about the conference tournaments. Uh, we're going to blow through these pretty fast. Uh, we've got, I believe it is nine conference tournaments. Does that sound right? No, it must be 10. There's 10 automatic bits. So there's nine. Ten. No, wait. It's nine. No, it's ten. All right. One. Because there's eight three, four, at large to an 18 team tournament. Ten. You're right. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Perfect. man. I'm missing a pick then. All right. Well, we'll, we'll figure we'll it out. We'll roll with it. <laughs> so we're going to go in alphabetical order. Um, so we're going to start with what has to be my favorite conference just due to its amazing geography, and that is the America East and West. <laughs> no, 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 but it's um, just the America East. It is the America East, and it's being hosted uh, by the number one seed, Diet Massachusetts, UMass Lowell. And what I am told is scenic Lowell, Massachusetts, mm, where U- UMass is the top seed, Albany is two. Uh, they open things up on Thursday with quarterfinal games. Uh, number four Vermont versus number or number four Cal versus Vermont and New Hampshire versus Maine. And then the winners get UMass Lowell and Albany. Uh, and then the final two on uh, Sunday. So who you got? Die Massachusetts. We've been talking about them all season. And I think this is their time. And they let's, are go, the, let's go Lowell. What are they? What are they? They're the, uh, the River Hawks. I was going to say War Hawks, man- and I knew that wasn't right. They're a manufacturing town. They're steeped in American history. Like River Hawks, that's the best we got. But it's kind of like River Rats. Yeah. So, but I, I, I think they're going to take it all, get into their first Division One or NCAA tournament. Let's go, Lowell. What a moment that'll be. Mm. Um, ACC, we discussed at the beginning of the show. We're down to the championship. Duke and North Carolina uh, earlier today. Uh, North Carolina advanced with a win over host UVA and what was a very interesting game, UVA. Or Carolina looked like they were going to run away with it and ended up holding on for dear life at the end, 3-2. to two. Uh, And Duke knocked off Louisville one nothing in a game where not much happened. Mm. Uh, so Duke and North Carolina, the rematch from a week ago, are you going with lighter blue or darker blue? I'm going darker blue. Um, I just, you know, it was a really tight, super good game. And I, I don't know, I want to, it was crisp and I want to see Duke win. And I think, uh, you know, veteran coaching staff, Duke, 
Like maybe they'll uh, be able to take something from the last game and adapt more on the fly. We'll see. All right, Atlantic 10 uh, is hosted by VCU in Richmond. You've got a team that, you know, we, we've discussed a lot this year. St. Joe's is the number one seed. Uh, the Hulk could be in the house. St. Joe's is the oh. two-time defending champion of this tournament. They've won six of the last seven. Um, VCU won it in the COVID year of in spring of 21. So St. Joe's plays LaSalle in a crosstown Philly battle in the first semifinal down in Richmond, and then host VCU, the number three seed, plays number two, UMass. So uh, Joe's, like I said, won six out of seven. Do they make it seven out of eight? I say fly, Hawks, fly. On the road to victory? Mm-hmm. Um, the Big East, it has been an interesting year for Big East field hockey. As Andy told us, it's kind of two teams and then a shelf <laughs> where everything kind of fall. He didn't say that. I'm saying that. So, <laughs> it's hard to tell, though. I mean, yeah. I, no, but I, I don't want it to sound like he said there was a shelf and the other teams were bad. But he did say that, you know, Liberty and Old Dominion, the class of the Big East. Um, this tournament is being hosted by Villanova. It's in Philadelphia. Uh, Villanova, the four seed, gets home field against number one Liberty. Doubt that'll matter. Um, in the other semifinal, it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Old Dominion and Temple, two teams that you just know it, it's going to be a war. Um, but what do you see there? I think Liberty's going to continue on their crusade um, to the, the NCAA tournament. Uh, we'll go to the CAA where Delaware is the host, but they uh, did not qualify for the tournament. Uh, you've got Northeastern and Monmouth in the first semifinal. And then uh, Drexel ho- or takes on William and Mary. And this one, I this is the toss-up because I don't think there's a very clear winner here because um, Monmouth's number 26 in the RPI, William and Mary's number 33, and, like, it's pretty spread out. So I'm going to say Monmouth. Monmouth is the number one seed. They won the regular season outright. They were five and one. Uh, Northeastern finished three and three, same as Delaware, but got that tiebreaker uh, into the tournament. So we're going with who? Monmouth. We're going with Monmouth, but I want to know who was their one. Who was their one Temple loss to William and Mary? So their conf- their one conference loss was to William and Mary. They lost. And three you don't have to be so formal. You can say Bill and Mary. <laughs> oh, Bill, uh, the tribe. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it, it, this is one, the one I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to say Monmouth. Uh, next up, the Ivy League tournament. I think we sufficiently broke that down earlier. Are you making a pick? Or are you going to stay away from that? I want to stay away. I'm, and I'm going to be honest, like my heart sells, says Cornell. So I'm going to make the call. Cornell. All right. All right. Uh, Patriot League begins Thursday at 11 a.m. Bucknell. Visits the top seed American AU ran the table in the regular season. They went six and zero, oh, uh, knocked off Bucknell up in Lewisburg, right? That sounds right. We're gonna go with I the weather. I think. I think. It, I think it was at AU actually. We can't just go with it. No, we can't because AU won two one in double overtime at American. They did. 
that was a big we, game. Uh, we watched that from Centennial Olympic Park, did we? That's right, we did. Okay. I should have known that. Yeah. Um, well, either way, so Bucknell is back in D.C. to take on AU, and then Lafayette and Boston U in the other semifinal. I think it would be quite a surprise if anyone other than Coach of the Year, Steve Jennings, hoists that trophy on um, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, my I'm always going to go with my AUFH Eagles. Uh, the Mac, a curious league to be sure. Uh, three teams from Ohio in their tournament. So shout out Buckeye State. Uh, but not Miami, that. But not that team. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, the, not a great year for the actual Buckeyes. Uh, Miami U is the host. They are the number one seed. They take on Ohio, and then App State and Kent State uh, in the other semifinal. I think we could go out on a limb here and say the Mountaineers. I'm, with me? I'm going with the Mountaineers. I love it. the rematch of an early se- or an early season game that I think is going to go a different way. Uh, and then we have the NEC. We're saving the Big Ten for last because I skipped that one accident. By the way, <laughs> I, I knew that I was missing one. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> We're, we're saving them for last. That was on purpose. Um, the NEC uh, is hosted by Wagner. So another situation where Fairfield is the number one seed, but they have to play the home team. They got to go to Staten Wagner. Island. They got to go to the island. I hear Pete Davidson might be there. Um, and then St. Francis of Pennsylvania and Sacred Heart, noted field hockey power. Uh, what do you got? I'm going to go with Fairfield. Again, for the championship in the NEC. Uh, and then last but not least, and only last because I screwed up, uh, <laughs> the Big Ten, which is being hosted by Michigan. Is that correct? That's yes. right. We'll be in Ann Arbor. The uh, the uh, last place team in the league, by the way, Michigan, the seven seed, hosting the championship, which begins on Thursday. Uh, the matchups, uh, Northwestern, the number one seed, gets the bye into the semifinals. Uh, number two, Rutgers, plays number seven, Michigan. Number three, Maryland, plays amazingly the sixth-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes, which is just wild. And then Penn State plays Ohio State in the 4-5 game. The winner of that getting Northwestern. Um, let's just say, who do you see in the championship? We don't got to go through every game. Um, but you'll have Northwestern versus the Ohio State Penn State winner. Man, it is so hard. This this is the tournament that it's is not hard. Uh, Northwestern. Well, Northwestern's going to win, but I'm but you're asking who are they playing in the championship? And that's well, the- we haven't gotten to that yet. I'm saying oh. for the first one, Northwestern's oh, sure, sure. not a hard bet. Yes, and then you've got the Michigan Rutgers winner, which could very well be Michigan. That's what way. I'm. Yes, that's At what home, I'm saying. Um, very well could be, and then Iowa Maryland, and uh, you know who knows picking that. Yeah. Well, and can I can I just make a quick comment on the host, your Michigan uh, Gophers, Wolverines, whatever, <laughs> Wolverines. Um, this close, this the, we are looking at very close to not qualifying for the tournament they were hosting because they beat Michigan State last weekend 
one zero and it was tight. So with that loss, like there was a likelihood that they weren't even going to be in this tournament. So if, if I may, that brings up a great point. They are not the last place team. They're the five, they're the lowest. I I said, they're the lowest seed in the tournament, Michigan state and Indiana uh, did not join us this weekend in Ann Arbor. Is that correct? That's correct. That is correct. And that's heartbreaking. I mean, but I do think hosting could, could really, uh, the home field advantage for the Wolverines could could make this a very interesting tournament going from last to who knows what. Who knows what? That's a great Who way knows what? Uh, Chile has tied Canada oh. with two minutes to go in the game. So I wow. think we're quite possibly headed to uh, an extra session. Well, as you know, Andrew, international rules, we ain't doing overtime. We're going straight to shootouts. That's right. Or, you know, maybybe they'll play with two balls. Right. A nightmare so, scenario. Because a nightmare this is a podcast, scenario. if you want to know who wins the game, you can check because it's over. <laughs> um, so that's our look ahead to this weekend. Let's talk about what we're doing. Uh, Sunday night is the selection show. Uh, so we are going to record an emergency pod Sunday night uh, once the field of 18 is revealed and we will break down uh, at the very least the play in games and the first round, the first weekend of play. We'll look at the uh, the matchups and, and, you know, tell we'll let the committee know what they got right and what they got wrong. Um, we are <laughs> going to do. We'll send our, text. We will. Well, and don't forget, I'm, I'm expecting to be in the room. Yes. Or in the, the very least on a conference call. Like I, I think that she <laughs> wants me there and, and judging on the conversation we've just had with Andy, I think he wants me in there. So I we've got two, a lot of respect this year. Andrew. We've got two Ivy league power brokers on my side. Yeah. Nice. Um, so we're going to do our picks on Sunday afternoon. Once, uh, all the automatic bids are in, we're going to pick the four hosts and the eight at larges, and you'll put that on the Twitter, the X. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so we'll see how we do with that. Uh, I'm sure we'll do poorly. And then Sunday night, we will do a show and we are going to have a March madness basketball style, um, bracket prediction contest for anyone who would like to join. The winner gets one million dollars. Brought to you by the Atlanta Botanical Garden. That's right, our proud sponsor. Um, and so um, we will send the link out for that on the Twitter. Um, and well, that's really it. The Twitter, right? That's it. Okay, so we that'll be come up with a prize, something that people are actually going to want. We'll we'll think on it. Let us know what what your uh, a five minute can... meet and greet with you, Kier. People want to meet you, or you get five minutes on the pod, share your thoughts on the season. Th- that's fine. We will any yes, the winner can come on the pod. That's great. Yes, I love it. Maybe that that's what we're going to do. You get to come on the pod, share your thoughts, tell us what share your, your thoughts rule. on anything, anything, or you tell us your rule change. Tell or us what you're doing hockey. for Thanksgiving. You get to be the field hockey podcast czar. You can join the Gebhardts in their cabin for Thanksgiving. Okay. I don't know about that. We're crossing a line. <laughs> I need boundaries. Is that why I've never been invited? You've been invited. I just know that you would hate it. Not for Thanksgiving, I haven't. 
Oh, well, I'm sure we can extend an invitation. Expect one from Crystal shortly. I don't think Marcy would go for that. No. Well. Um, okay. So Sunday night, we will have the, the emergency pod and we will have the link uh, for the contest, um, which anyone is welcome to join. And we hope you do because it's just, you know, supposed to be fun. So that'll be open from Sunday night through the start of games on Thursday. But obviously, if you want to pick the play-in games, you have to sign up before Tuesday. Um, you you can sign up after them, but obviously they won't be available to select. Um, uh, we are in a shootout in Santiago at 1-1. <laughs> I have it on now. I'm streaming. I am on the edge of my seat. Um, well, yes. And if you aren't already following us on the Twitter, um, that's Pitch Session Pod. Is there a little handle? And some people have been following us. Uh, some people. Some people. And very less, few people, less people have done a, a rating which and review, which, which apparently helps. Please help us. Please. Please. This is all I have. <laughs> Honestly, we I really, just do this so really I have need, a reason to talk to Kirsten every week. So we really need this to work out. <laughs> yeah, we're let's just say the sponsors aren't streaming in. And I I have, you know, we were hoping to yeah. We've even hired a company to look into sponsorships for yeah, us. Yeah, but they that. have no clue. They don't even respond to our Maybe email. they could be the sponsor. Ooh. If you can make that work out for us, that'd be very meta, by the way, Andrew. I'll talk to the guy who owns it. Yeah, the CEO and president. The other guy. We'll bring him on. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Andrew, what what game will you be watching? I'm going to watch them all. I know, I'm but just pick one Chile, you're most Canada excited right about. Now. You're not going to pick one you're most excited about? I'm most excited for Duke Carolina, too. For sure. Um, and I'm actually, I would love to see Duke win and then let's get a rubber match mm. in a couple of weeks. Let's get one more. Number three. I think that would be cool. Um, if I'm forced to pick that game, I am going to take the Tar Heels. Mm. Oh, so wow. you and I are, we're, we're opposed. We're to butting that. heads. <laughs> yep. We are. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll watch AU tomorrow morning, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I'm I, not going to lie. Here's the one I'm kind of excited about. Iowa, Maryland. I, I mean, that's going to be a knockout fight, heavyweight battle. It's not going to be the war the old Dominion game is, but it's it's going to be a battle. I, I mean, I'm really, I'm very excited to watch that game. Can you give me one big upset that could happen this weekend? Is it Ooh. Michigan? Is, is there a four yes. seed yes. in one of these tournaments? Like yes, Michigan, and it's Michigan. If Michigan beats Rutgers, which we're saying is within the realm of possibility, yep. can they beat Northwestern the next day? No. I mean, anything can happen. Yes, anything but can happen. So, something. yes, that is a possibility. But I think I think they might upset one, but I don't know if they get two. All right. So that that's my that's my possible upset situation. And there was one other that I looked at and I was like, oh, you know what? That could be a possibility. Where is it? It is oh well, they're number two and number three, but no, wait, no, that's not right. No, this is this is really this is really good podcasting right now. Where was you it? Said it? Not me. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh, here's a shock for you. It would be a shock. 
LaSalle St. Joe's. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but like LaSalle's shocked me a few times this year. Who knows? And what if like the Hawks not there? And so the, the Joe's team is discouraged. The Hawks look to, to the sideline and there's not someone. Do you think the Hawk goes? I mean, does the Hawk travel with uh, non-basketball the non tra- teams? Well, I think maybe for the conference tournament. Sure. But I mean, then you're, I mean, you're paying for hotel. It's a Are they just coming Hawks. down for the day? I assume the Hawks. Are they just fl- flying down from the day? I don't imagine anyone in that travel party flew to Richmond. I'm just going to throw <laughs> I don't that think out so there. Either. <laughs> Although anyway. the, the the only advantage losing in that game is is you do get to leave Richmond. <laughs> and I mean, when you if, have to stay. If St. Joe's loses to LaSalle, do they get an AQ? No. Or not AQ? Large. Sorry. Yeah, um, I mean, they're 12 in the RPI, which puts them like as on the bubble as you can be. Mm. I- I'm going to say no. Not if they lose to LaSalle. If they lose in the final, maybe. Here's your other scenario. Michigan beats Rutgers and doesn't win. Is that enough to like? Not even close for okay. Michigan. No. Yeah. I mean, their RPI is 19. They're only nine and seven. Okay. I mean. As you lay it out, I see how that's probably very uh, unlikely. Now, if Michigan also beats Northwestern, I I still think no chance. I mean, how RPI can only go up so much. Sure. And I guess the one thing we have to look out for, and, you know, are there any bid thieves? And there's potentially a couple. The Big East is a bid thief situation because Liberty is in either way. Mm-hmm. So if Liberty is knocked off. That will steal an at-large. Um, Harvard. Harvard is probably in. So a Cornell, Princeton, or uh, who else? Penn. Thank you. Um, that would be a bid thief. And, and that's about it. Um, you know, your other top 10 teams, uh, Syracuse is already eliminated. I mean, from the ACC tournament. Um they're they're probably in at eleven, um, but but that's it for the bid thieves. So you've got the Big East and the Atlantic Ten are probably your only scenarios where where uh, an at large bid could be stolen. Mm. All right, all right. We're gonna sit and think on that. We're gonna get excited for some hockey tomorrow. And uh, any update on, on the shootouts? <laughs> Uh, Chile leads one nothing in the shootout. One nothing. These are taking forever. Hey, this is the Pan Am Games. It's an important tournament. Yes, it is. All right. Well, uh, we will catch up with you all on our emergency pod on Sunday night. Bye, Andrew. Bye, Gabby.